Hi, Shannon Waller here, and welcome to Inside Strategic Coach with Dan Sullivan. Dan, this is something I've been wanting to ask you about for a while, because I've heard you say it numerous times over the years. I'm just going to quote you for a second. You say, I never deprive someone of the opportunity to learn from their experience. I don't rescue people. And I think that's such a fascinating perspective, and I've seen it in action. But just tell me more about where that comes from and why. Well, I think that every human being, you know, and I'm going just on 70 years of talking to people about their experiences, that everybody has a full spectrum of experiences from really joyful experiences to really painful experiences, okay? From my standpoint, all those experiences are completely valuable and none of them is more important than all the other experiences. So what you want to do is if you want to know if someone is going to really learn the value of winning, then you have to allow them to have the full experience of losing. Mm -hmm. Okay. If you want to have them have the feeling of succeeding, then you have to allow them to have the experience of failing and not try to get in the way or protect them from having that experience. Okay. First of all, it's based from my standpoint on a total confidence and respect that anyone dealing with any kind of experience, if they're given encouragement and support from the outside to deal with the experience head on mm -hmm. and say, what was good about that that I can use in the future and what was bad about it that I have to be careful to avoid in the future, that they can get a complete lesson that's a lifetime lesson and that to rescue them in any way of not having to deal with the difficulty of the experience to in any way try to shield them from the experience is actually disenabling them. Mm. You're making them less capable in the future. And I think that's the biggest crime that you can commit against any human being is actually to make them less capable in the future. Dan, I love what you said. It really comes out of confidence and respect in people's ability to come to grips with their experience. Yeah. You know, so it's not a not caring thing or, you know, anything like that. It really does come from your absolute conviction in people's capability because you do provide that encouragement and support. You're just not going to rescue them. Mm -hmm. And that if we're in the game of helping people become more capable, depriving them of the harder, painful experiences is not the best way to do that. Mm -hmm. I just love this. This is so interesting. And for anyone who's a parent, there's probably a few like mm, <laughs> moments that you're having listening to this. So I find that interesting. So you've actually put this into place with the team, mm -hmm. right? Can you think of any examples where this was true? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, and this one is written up in the Four C's book, and it's with Kathy Davis. And Kathy Davis, someone asked her if she would contribute to a conference, which was a virtual conference, by making a video that would be done beforehand and then it would be used in the conference. So it was a conference of videos, but all the videos had been prepared before the actual time of the conference. And she had, without thinking, I guess afterwards she would say this, think too much, she had agreed to it, kind of, okay. And then I had to do one, so I did my video. 
you know, and the deadline for doing the video was closing in on her. And she said, you know, I, I've never done a video before and I don't know if I can do a video. And I said, yeah, but you will, you will do the video, you know, because you said you were gonna do the video. So of course you're gonna do the video. They're depending on you to do the video. And if they ask me, I say, yes, she's gonna do the video. So there's a lot of forces supporting you to do the video. Deadline, your obligation, my guarantee that you would do the video to them, your ongoing reputation as a person. There's a lot of forces. You know, I didn't say this like I'm saying it to you right now, but that because, and she went down and it was horrible. You know, she had a horrible experience. You know, suddenly she couldn't breathe and everything else. I don't know if there was a night in between. I think she may have made several attempts because the studio is right in our premises. And she said, I can't do that. I said, but you will do it. You will do it. And because you're going to go through this right now, as painful as it is, as uncomfortable as it is, you're going to come out the other side. And in the future, you won't have this difficulty. But if you don't go through with it, any further attempt in the future will be 10 times as hard as you're experiencing it right now. So you have a choice of an easier future experience or a 10 times more difficult experience. That's, that's the choice. And it's all gonna be decided in the next 24 hours. <laughs> and she did it and it was good. And now she knocks him off. I mean, if she has to go in the studio right now or does them on Zoom, she can do it and she can do three or four of them and she has no problem. She has a life capability. So I didn't want to rescue her and prevent her from having a lifetime capability. Right. Yeah, there are quite a few expletives involved, I think, in the very first recording. But now she does. She nails them. And it was a profound experience for her. So that's a great example. I remember other events with, you know, shipping boxes and stuff not arriving when it was supposed to. And what's interesting is you let the team figure it out which is very, I think, different for a lot of entrepreneurs or business leaders who are so tempted to jump in and fix it or and then get mad at their team and do all the things. But your team mm -hmm. is incredibly capable because you don't prevent them the opportunities to learn from their experiences. Well, I think the other thing, there's another observation after, you know, let's just use the company for 32 years we've had a company. We're remarkably the same in the 32nd year as we were at the very, very beginning. Mm -hmm. We've changed in scope, we've changed in impact, we've changed. But the actual activity that we do inside Strategic Coach is 80% the same activity we did in the first month that we were in business in 1989. I mean, we're still exactly in the same business, doing it for exactly the same kind of person and using exactly the same method, but it's developed all sorts of extra dimensions and we've surrounded it with phenomenal teamwork and you know and our reach in the world is great but it's more or less the same activity and what i've discovered is that all breakdowns when you have a failure is 95 percent a teamwork problem not an individual problem mm. it's not the fault of one individual it's that the level of teamwork you had to handle that situation 
wasn't up to a new surprise or a new situation it hadn't encountered. And therefore, to actually remedy this in the future, to actually transform it in the future, you've got to allow people to have the full experience so that afterwards they can get together with no sense of personal defending themselves. They don't have to defend themselves. I said, this is a teamwork problem. The way we arrange the structure and the process for the team to do this successfully, it wasn't up to this surprise. We got caught in a way that we had never seen it before. So everybody's got to have their full 100% experience in being part of this experience. So afterwards, you can get together and you'll all have valuable stuff to know how to improve this the next time. And there's something very human and humane about that process of recognizing that it's a teamwork system problem, not an individual. And one of the core principles of coach is having a no defense budget. You want people playing offense, not defense. And this is where a lot of that comes from. I mean, we stack the odds in our favor, let's be clear, because we really want to have people who have unique abilities in each of those roles. But sometimes our systems are not up to what it needs to be. And so we learn quickly using the Experience Transformer, the tool we talked about in the last podcast, but then also unique method to help us really organize the flow of unique ability teamwork. You've also created tools that really help people organize the teamwork so that it can happen effectively and people can get a lot smarter really quickly Mm -hmm. because they have the full value of their experience. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Again, it's kind of being in the present. I mean, I think that's a crucial skill on an individual basis. But then when you're in a team situation, you don't want to get between the team's future capability You know, you don't want to deprive the team of a negative experience. Mm -hmm. And as long as everybody in the team feels that nobody's going to have to bear the brunt, you know, the negative brunt or judgment about what happened, that it just happened to the team. And you want the team to have full access to their experience of the negativity so they can transform it into a positive And what's interesting about this process, Dan, because we do have a review process, you know, winning situations and learning ones, is that if someone did drop the ball on their own part, because we're not looking to blame someone, people go, you know what, I should have checked this and I didn't. Or people actually take ownership of where they weren't in 100%, you know, productivity mode or whatever it was. You know, they actually take responsibility for like, oh, I could have foreseen that. Next time I'll know better. Yeah. People actually, you know, take ownership of the part of it, which is kind of cool because most people you'd think would try to avoid it. Yeah. It also has the great benefit of working. (laughs) Yes, it does. And I've watched the alternatives and they don't work. So, (laughs) I mean, I've never seen a situation where individuals have to fear and defend themselves. I've never seen it work. I mean, if it worked, I might try it out, but it, it just yeah. it just never, never works, you know, so. Yeah, it's the antithesis of creativity, right? And, yeah. and coming up with new solutions. Dan, just to wrap up this conversation, can you talk about the distinction of being on the winning team or on the learning team? Because I think it fits right in here. Yeah. One of the things I find is when you're dealing with new things in the world and you know the last year and a half is a great example of a really big new thing in the world i mean it's going to take five or ten years in the world 
for there to be a collective understanding of how you deal with a pandemic that's global. There's a billion working parts of how global society works that's been negatively impacted or disrupted by what we've just been through. I think it's just going to take a long time for the learning to become 10 times more useful than the knowledge that existed before. Okay, so long, long story short. So what I've adopted is that if I'm growing and if I'm ambitious and if I'm creative, then I have to accept that I'm always going to be running into situations that I wasn't prepared for. I didn't see it coming. I didn't prepare for it. And therefore, the only way I can avoid that is by not being ambitious and not be growing. Okay, but if I'm going to be growing, I'm going to be creative, and I'm going to be ambitious, then I have to accept that a reality, you know, small, medium-sized, and big, I'm going to be constantly confronted with situations that I wasn't prepared for before they happened. Therefore, I can't constantly be talking about how I'm failing or how I'm losing. Okay, I've got to eliminate that as a matter of judgment. I can't have that as a judgment, that when I wasn't prepared, it was a failure, or because I wasn't prepared and didn't deal with it, that that's a loss. So my world has been reduced just to two things. I'm either winning, I really handled it well, or I found out how unprepared I was, and I just learned an incredible amount so that next time anything similar that happens like this, I'll be a winner. So in my life, there's only two things. There's only winning and learning, okay? And you can't be winning all the time unless you're learning part of the time, okay? Because there's no growth. I mean, just winning and just doing what you did before isn't very, very interesting. You know, you want to be winning continually in new and better and different ways, and therefore you have to be learning, okay? The only losing is where you put yourself in a situation where there's no winning and there's no learning. Mm -hmm. Then you're losing, okay? And my feeling is trying to rescue people prevents them from being either in winning or learning. Mm, Brilliant, brilliant summary. You also just explained to me when I've been watching some YouTube videos on a new capability and people are like, 10 mistakes I made when I started doing something. And I just get annoyed watching them because I'm like, you just started it. Why are you beating yourself up and saying it was a failure when it was brand new? Like, tell me what you've learned. I'm interested in that. It's a bit of a weird mindset that's out in the world right now. So, you know, being on the winning team and the learning team, and this is such a phenomenal mindset for entrepreneurial companies. So many people want to be wannabe Shakespeare's. Mm -hmm. You know, I call them wannabe Shakespeare's. Well, Shakespeare was the great genius that he could dramatize anything. Yes. And we're surrounded in the world by people who can dramatize things, you know, but they don't have Shakespeare's skills. You know, they don't have Shakespeare's genius. Okay. But they're wannabe dramatists. They can take almost any part of their life and dramatize it. I'm choosy about the drama that I, yeah. I love, yeah, so many drama queens and kings out there. Want to be Yeah, yeah, they're <laughs> dramatists, you know. Yeah. The commute in today is a source of drama. Then you want to say get a life. <laughs> if everything's drama, nothing's 
drama, you know. Mm, great point. I don't value any attempt in my life of other people to rescue me. I don't consider any of it valuable. My feeling is if that any attempt on my part to rescue other people is going to be of no value whatsoever, too. So, you know. Yeah, you give what you want to get, <laughs> which is really cool. And Dan, I just think this is such a powerful mindset for teams, as we've been talking about, to really know that they're either winning or they're learning, and both are really important to continue growing. And that great leadership from leaders or the owner is to let people learn from their own experience and trust that they have the competence and capability yeah. and support to do that. So that's a very powerful takeaway. Thank you so much. Again, so fun talking to you. Thank you, Shannon. Thank you.